You are now listening to Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. Time to get embarrassed with us. It's the radio. It's the free. Uh, radio Free Brooklyn. Dun, 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 dun. We made it. We made it. Looks like we made it. Looks like we made it. Look how far we've come now, baby. I wonder how many song impressions we'll do this show. They <laughs> say out there they, they, we would never make it, but we did. But just look at us. Look at the story now. Look at us going strong. The same old story. It keeps going strong. Jimmy, you're still the one. Ah, oh, Elon. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Lost and Rewound. Uh, as you know, I am Elon. And I am Jimmy. And together, uh, I don't know, are we still on and off? I guess kind of. Uh, Possibly. You and I, were, we just keep on going it's somehow. It's just, uh, this is, uh, it's one of those classic pairings. It's like, a, it's like a Laurel and Hardy, except neither of us are fat. <laughs> <laughs> We've been uh, very lucky to be here on Radio Free Brooklyn now for over two years, and uh, we are coming at you from Bushwick, today for your thursday afternoon audio time capsule where we dig deep dig very very deep into deep. the archives of your past audio we go back to find all the old clips of yesteryear that were tucked away on shelves and into storage units and buried in backyards and you hoped you'd never hear and we play them you didn't know what happened to them and then they showed up in digital format now in the present Exactly, and if you want, you can actually submit your own clips and appear on our program. You can do so by emailing us at lostandrewound at radiofreebrooklyn.org. If you want to support Radio Free Brooklyn or our show specifically, you can go to radiofreebrooklyn.org slash donate or radiofreebrooklyn.org slash LAR. But just as well, you know the deal by now. We are a not-for-profit 501c3, and all of your donations are tax-deductible for the fullest extent of the law, and you could pledge as little as a dollar to help keep this station and this community thriving. That's right. Thriving. 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 Because, you know, we live in a capitalist society that doesn't support the arts. So Correct. people like you More than have ever. to. Yes. Have to. The yes. only way we're going to be out here yes, 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 and we're going to yes. stay on the air is because of you listeners. And we appreciate you so much. If you want to be kept abreast of all of Radio Free Brooklyn's happenings so you can come meet some of us and support the arts in person, you can sign up for our newsletter. That's RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash newsletter. It's called Radio Free Brooklyn. And every month we will send you, without spamming you, latest news about new programming and all the events, interviews, ticket giveaways, special offers, swag, much, 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 much more. And again, that is not going to be sent to you more than once a month because we're darlings. That's right. Not going to fill up your spam folder with all sorts of pills and things that can make you more virile. <laughs> Finally, if you are listening to us, thank you for listening to us, of course. But more importantly, how you are listening to us is crucial. If you are on your iPhone, make sure to remember that the iPhone app can be found at radiofreebrooklyn.org slash iPhone or just as well for the, all you Android users like myself because we're in the 
the Stone Age, evidently. Yeah, I'm an Android <laughs> user as well. Holler. Which doesn't make me feel like I'm in the past since it's a robot <laughs> capable of thought. I don't know what that was about. RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash Android. So you can listen to our show as well as other shows with the click of a button. Well, yeah, we got the app for that. And then the app, one of these days, it'll do your homework and deliver your groceries, but not quite yet. <laughs> if you're out getting your groceries or you're out wherever you may be right now, you are about to be treated to quite an episode. An episode that we have not done in some format for what I feel is a long time. But yeah, I think it's a long while well, yeah, it's just, since we've been back into the zone. It's a, are, we re- <laughs> are we ready then? Shall we? Let's do it. Back to the Dansker Zone. mission on this show has been to simply get down to the real meat and potatoes of where meat we of where we came from and how we got from where we are uh, to now. And a lot of what I am doing here in this studio with my buddy Jim here is based out of pure love, a just a genuine love of hearing my own fucking voice. <laughs> I love that long buildup, that sweet, sweet buildup. I mean, say, that was the whole reason. Any gravy, Yo, I can the, listen to myself. In I'm the sorry, but that's the whole reason why my parents got me a recorder in the first place. They knew that I just love talking into it, and radio was something from a very early age that I gravitated towards. Yeah, well, if you want to know something funny, and I think this is, uh, I don't know where it would come from or what, what would be the explanation, and if there are people out there who can do a psych profile on both of us from all these episodes, which I'm sure you could pull out quite easily. Maybe. Um, Alan, he recorded himself, and he loves listening to his voice, and he listens to all these episodes aside from actually doing all of the, the editing and putting them together of them. I'm, ah, I'm, no, this guy, he's he really is. He's, he's the heart and soul of the show. And what's so funny is that I... The person famous with with like the 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 smooth. I hate listening to my voice. Yeah, I'm constantly trying to improve the way I sound. Even when I, because I've, and for anyone that's listened to the show before, you've probably heard before me mention that I don't really listen to the show that often. Yeah, well, the reason is you can start with the fact that there are plenty of episodes that don't have you featured. That's true. That's true. I can listen to those ones first. (laughs) Sorry to cut you off, but (laughs) any of the episodes I didn't make it, it. that I didn't make it. Yeah, but. It's one of those things that when I'm listening to myself, I'm always like, oh, come on, guy, why don't you just do it better? You could have done this, you could have, you know, so yeah. it's, it's, an, it's, it's the artists, you know. Well, I am very impressed with all of the old friends who have come back on the show time and time again, who I did the Danziger Zone with when I was a kid. The Danziger Zone being a tape series of 50 tapes altogether that were recorded between the years of 93 and 96 or so. Ben Anderson has been on once. We need to get him back, uh, and we'll get to him in a little bit. Uh, Brooks Rocco, Ryan Reich, they have been on the show a number of times. And, you know, when you get them on the show and they hear it, they're just like, oh. You know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, absolutely. Who? <laughs> and that's sort of in part of why we do this is because we have to be able to be somewhat humbled by how we got to where we are. 
you know, we're, we're all very successful, very happy people for the most part. And we were just obnoxious little brats when we were younger. And that's on tape. If I met myself in the past, I don't, I don't think I would have liked little me. I think there's a lot of iterations of me. I would have been like, this guy's the worst. I and maybe five years from now, I'll think, Ugh. yeah, 30 year old Jim. I don't know what, what to jerk. Yo, I don't know what to do with a guy in my twenties and thirties, but we're working on towards that. Right now, I'm very comfortable being able to look back 20 years ago and say, "Okay, Alon, this is what this is. This is the, you know, put, put put yourself the task. I don't know how to say it. It's just like you're able to look at yourself more objectively. And maybe that's just my own opinion. I want to get to some clips that we set up for today. And the first one was with Ben Anderson, whom is incidentally the whole reason why we have the theme song that we have for the show the show starts out pretty much the same way every week you hear that piano and if anybody knows what the name of that tune is i would love to know ben didn't even remember what it was and maybe it was in like an old piano book or something so that song was composed and recorded on a trip that we had taken to connecticut together and we played clips from there before and there's just a few clips I wanted to play because they're pretty important for other clips we're going to be playing later in the show. Um, one being a catchphrase, if you will, that was made famous on this tape where we went to Connecticut. I didn't get shot. Huh. Oh. Here's Alon. Talk to me, Alon! Talk to me! He's gonna talk to me. Hi. I am pretty sure that's the first time we played that clip. I mean, that is all Ben. That is all Ben and his crazy voices and... Talk to me, Alon! Talk to me, Alon! Talk! To me. Talk to me. He's gonna talk to me. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, that's that 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 is the quint quintessence of what the law of Danziger's own was, is just sticking a tape recorder in somebody's face. Jamming it in their face and being like, Make magic and nothing happening. <laughs> yes. You want to say something? Say something. I'm told that I can't be talking into this the whole time. My mom says that I really should be giving my recorder out to other people to use. I had gotten in high school a camcorder. It was really an awful camcorder. It was a technology that immediately was like obsolete. Like right after I got it, there was mini DVDs. They're not mini discs though. They're not mini discs. It was its own thing. And I remember I looked, I, I looked it up after the fact, and they said it was only for this type of camcorder. It was the only thing that could play them. And I had got. Do you still have them? No, I lost it. And I know, I know. So I'd looked all. I looked around for years, man, for those things because all my friends had really wanted to see them. Because when I first got it, we went out filming, and we did exactly like you say. We filmed like inanity. But then we tried to because we had you know, video, which is something different than you had, we were immediately thinking we have to do some sort of narrative. And then we started doing these ridiculous narratives and stuff like that. And that's why my friends were all asking like, oh my God, do you have those clips? They were hilarious. Do not know where they went. And then I'd need not only the tapes, but the actual camcorder because there's no device capable of playing these strange files. I'm sure you could find something like that on eBay. Well, Basically, as you get older, the gear 
becomes more obsolete. So it's a very fine balance. Of if you have one thing, well, then you need more than just the one thing. You need everything yeah. that comes with it. And then it gets tricky. Were these movies that you made, the stuff that you had talked about way, way back in the day, like the Dolphin Mafia or like the yes. cop, gay cop? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And it was bad cop, gay cop. Best start. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Pride Month. And exactly. Uh, it was great. Bad Cop, Gay Cop was very funny. Yeah, and then there was the mafia thing where his son was anointed for leadership and he was a dolphin and all the other people were really mad because <laughs> he was a dolphin. A former guest of ours, Zach Poots, he was the dolphin. He made that up. He came into the scene. We were doing all improv and he comes in and we're all wearing like suits like mafia guys and he's just going <laughs> <laughs> and like flipping around on the floor. <laughs> Did you guys ever get like self-referential and talk about the very awesomeness of your of your things like ever like do fake advertising we didn't do fake ads but what we did was we did a lot of stuff that was paying homage to other films and media and stuff like as that. as you discussed yes yeah so but we did the um like we did a whole thing that was like a, a takeoff of blues clues that I don't was, think you told me about this one. Oh, I didn't. So we did this thing where, and this was actually just me and Zach, and we filmed it in my old apartment, and it was a superhero story, and it was called Hoffman, who was my superhero, and the nefarious Dr. Poots. Okay. No, I think this does sound familiar. Where I, I didn't realize it was a Blue's Clues thing. Though. Well, there was a whole Blue's Clues thing in it, so there was a huge portion of it, and we actually had to stop filming because the Blue's Clues thing... We, we couldn't stop laughing as we were doing it because we thought it was so funny. So I'll basically describe it simply. The story was that I'm looking for the nefarious Dr. Poots and mm -hmm. I can't find him. Uh, my whole costume consisted of like me wearing underwear on my head. Like, you know? like, like, like a car dog cartoon, like, quail man. Like quail man, yeah. yeah. Um, but he wore the belt on his head and underwear over his pants. But I had the underwear on my head. I would put a belt on my head. And that was all my power. And uh, Poots, he just had like a wizard's um, hat on and like a mustache and he would carry on this chalice. So I'm searching for him and he keeps like being behind me in the shot and like doing sneaky things. And then I keep not finding him, but I keep finding his items. So I find his hat and then I find his chalice and then I find his mustache. And then after I find like all his things at the end, I go, you know, I have enough things here. I think I'm going to try to figure out where he is. And I go, now I need my handy dandy notebook <laughs> <laughs> and i'm going to draw the clues right and if you've ever seen blues clues what he does is he draws all the clues and then they would pop out of the book and they would go above his head and then he'd like look at them and he'd take a very long time deciding and then he'd figure out exactly where the where, where he needed was and then he would as he was drawing he would show you how he would draw and he would slowly do it so you could copy him so mm. you could draw learn how to draw too so for every single one of the clues we just drew a penis and I would slowly draw the penis, and then I would, like, describe whatever clue I was drawing. <laughs> so I described the hat, and I would just draw the penis. I'm like, here's the rim of the hat, and, you know. And then I was doing the chalice, like, here's the, the stem of the chalice. That's so funny. <laughs> and we just, it took, we, 25 takes in. And remi remind me how old you guys were when you did this? Like 16. And 25 takes ain't so bad, you know? 25 takes in. More takes than your your age. It's not, we, not too bad. And like half the half the notebook taken with like half drawn penises because we just kept, we would bust out laughing. We'd, we'd want to get in one take because um, the show was in one take. And we couldn't. We literally gave up. Halfway through, 25 takes in. We hadn't even done... We, it was supposed to be three clues. We'd done one. <laughs> we were like doing the second one and just couldn't. We just couldn't. It was too much. Corinne. 
has also been a guest on the show in previous episodes. And we were on the bus line in the afternoon. Everyone's all like hyped. They probably had like way too many uh, chocolate chip cookies or something at lunch. But uh, they're, everyone's all super excited to be getting out. And so the energy is decidedly age appropriate. This is me. This is called me. Okay, me. I couldn't. It's called me. No, it's called me. And I can do what me wants to do. Okay, me. Hi, now we're going to talk to a girl who likes to beat people up. Her name is Jessica. What's your last name? Hartfeld. Jessica Hartfeld. Oh, uh, hi. Does that mean you're a real dork? Ah! Ah! Don't beat me up! No, just kidding. You are beating me up, but I don't really care, and you're not hurting me. But don't! Don't do that! No. Wow. Wow. Does that mean, since you're talking slow, does that mean you're a wuss? <laughs> Excuse me. What's your name? Mona. What's your last name? Orsulich. Okay. Anything special to say to the beautiful Sony thing? Hello. No, his mother's gonna listen to that thing. <laughs> Danny did that. What's your last name? Gucci. Buttlick. Um. Danny Buttlick. Here's the dork of all time, Michael. And the coolest. I'm the coolest person of all time. No, you're not. Yeah, yeah. Look at this, Mike is like different than... Jessica has a big butt. Okay. Jessica who? Jessica Helderfelder or whatever. Helderfelder? Helderfelder, Jessica Pimplehead? Okay. And Michael Weirdo. Hey, I'm Monkey. Michael Monkey. No, 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 you're not that Michael strong. Michael Mandrill, Michael Mandrill. No. Yeah, I just farted. Okay, I mean, I can do what I want to. I can tell you hair tips, global warming, things that are just going around right now, and other stuff. Mr. Kaiser sucks. Say what? Say what you just said. what I say? Mr. Kaiser sucks. Oh, Mr. Kaiser sucks. I didn't say anything. What do you think? Yeah. I think that you... listening to this thing right now. Listen. Say something, Sarah. Say something. Shut up. 
Uh, say something, David. Shut up. Say something. Say something, Jeff. Get out of my face. I If we had to choose between a more appropriate thing to say to somebody that you don't know, say something or talk to me. <laughs> talk to me. I like talk to me. Say something. Say, so, say something. Say is, something. <laughs> say something is very, uh, it's, uh, it's difficult. Say yeah. something is what you say when someone's like losing consciousness because a blast has gone off. Say something. <laughs> Um, I don't remember ever like talking about mandrills when I was like eleven. Oh, oh, dude! The only reason they came up was because I was playing a lot of Mega Man X, and I knew about the character Spark. Yeah, Mandrill. Spark Mandrill. That, I, I yeah. was cheating totally there. That's like if there was a Gibbon for whatever reason, I wouldn't have said Gibbon off the top of my head. But yeah. if there was a character in the game nope. that was Gibbon and not Mandrill, I would have been like Mike the Gibbon. I would. You're a hundred percent right. You know why? Because I remember when I was around that age, I used to bring up really rare words for armor like i'd be like oh he's got pauldrons or spalders and someone would you just refer to things in the final fantasy armor way it was like, it was it was Diab it was diablo it was diablo too oh, okay. it was diablo too they get all these weird types i'm like yeah that's like some of those like someone's like oh he has a poleaxe i'm like no that's a glaive <laughs> it's got a distinctly rounded side <laughs> or yeah i was gonna say like i need an ether what's the difference between an ether and a cure exactly i don't understand then also no one a thing or two about animals. I want to come down to those children. I want to say to them, I want to tell those kids and be like, you say insulting somebody, calling them a monkey, saying they're weak. A monkey rip your eyeballs out. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> monkey bite your fingers off. Monkeys are strong, bro. Crazy strong. Yeah, uh, apologies to offend anybody uh, with that clip. But again, as if it needed to be mentioned every single week. Yes, the, uh, the views and opinions that are said by our past versions of ourselves. Yeah. Uh, 25 <laughs> years ago do not reflect the current opinions of nor, ourselves. Nor, yeah, well, or, well, even if there are people who are not in the room right now who are he we're hearing their, their views as yeah. well. <laughs> I would exactly. imagine that they would want to have that be very much established. No, yes. uh, so Corinne was pretty much holding it down there and it was... And she believes in global warming in 1990-whatever. Oh, 1994. Bro. But listen... So wu was out and she was talking global warming. Here's the reason why she had this thing called uh, global warming, which I don't think it was called that, but it was some maybe play on words involving that. And she would talk about like how to save the environment and thus what um, made that episode title from way back called uh, Don't Eat Pine Needles. <laughs> Well, yes. Well, that's exactly it. If you, but uh, that was around the time that it was first being spoken about. I want to say. I want to. I want to use. I want to um, go to our assistant, mm -hmm. uh, Fonina, and, Fonina, and find out what year this one thing happened, because this will help us to place this in time. And the only reason I say this is. Wow, it's 97. Yeah, that's right around this. Yeah, that's it. She was ahead of the curve. She was ahead of the curve. The Kyoto the Protocol was signed in 97, which is the first big treaty that was done for global warming worldwide that I that I think uh, can think of. And the only reason I say that is because my uncle signed it. What up? You can't see, but I just, I just drop-kicked the air. I saw it. It's all that matters. It was actually not a drop-kick. It was an axe kick. Guys. I enough Street Fighter. You're listening out there. One person, two people, maybe... 22 people who are listening it was a pretty impressive shock thank you sir it sounded like some of those kids actually were like really 
exhausted and were not all hyped up and energized. It seemed to me like that was sort of the way it was. Everyone was super excited to get out of school and everyone's just relieved and everyone's feeling more loosey-goosey. From the nature of the way people were acting in that clip, I want to say it felt like it was at the end of the day and it felt like it was towards the end of the year. Maybe. Uh, it, it was like that energy level where it's like people, they just don't care as much. They're like, ah! And just kind of like saying whatever like I, it's like now i mean look look at all the kids that are out now like yeah. I, I, I try to avoid children as much as possible <laughs> well you know how it is when you're hanging crazy. out crazy yes you know when you're I, hanging out with I'm your looking friends at you 95 alon you know when you're hanging out with your friends and it's like way too late at night and everyone's like overtired and you just start to speak like gibberish and inanity and like everything that's coming out of your mouth is ridiculous mm. and you're like oh it's just late night crazy talk that was like later during the day crazy talk because when you're a kid you didn't have the same energy level like you'd have bursts of energy but then you'd like you'd really wear down quickly yeah i'm not sure if it was by the it was at the end of the year but or like at least uh before a big break because it could have been same winter, same sort of spring. idea yeah but you never rode the bus you did ride the bus i did i rode the, what, the did you have like a bus line though we had the cheese bus we never had to wait in line for the bus for this cheese bus at least it would be, we would get out of school and all the buses were sitting there and we just loaded on the bus that was our bus. And it would just always be there with the door open. But I do remember in middle school taking the bus, this this the city bus back from middle school. And I remember waiting at the bus stops for the city bus. And like you say, being going nuts at the, at the bus stop. I was in Manhattan at the time. I was in, I took the bus on 2nd Avenue. And the people on 2nd Avenue, Lower East Side, used to hate us, like hate us so bad. And we would pile on the buses and they would, we would have, we would flip out at us a lot. There'd be a lot of times of like just some random Lower East Side guy like, you kids, ah, ah, and like screaming at it. That was like a very normal occurrence. Times say it's one of the best things I've ever heard recorded by eleven year old, and one of the only because <laughs> eleven year olds are not creating much media. Cute, <laughs> it was cute. funny, man. I was, I was, it was like I, 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 I loved that. I we made it so that we were saying says this, and then we like do a clip as if like we're like playing the actual clip. It's they were just acting it out right there. Oh yeah. And then, I don't know what I was saying. I know what I was saying, but I'm not sure what I was thinking when I said, hello, welcome to abortion. That's all the time we have. <laughs> Good night. Welcome to abortion. I, I, can't, I can't describe no, it. I, I, right? I mean, well, I, somebody has to back me up because I think that's what I heard. Fake commercials, I think, are great. So few films do it. But like Tropic Thunder had all the fake commercials, mm-hmm. ingenious, and they and they and they, and they did it well where they actually made it like real previews. Like if you watch it in theaters, it, it went from previews to the fake previews, like pretty seamlessly. Meanwhile, the only person who had an iota of patience to listen to all of these tapes as if there was any continuity at all was Elon's mother. 
And admittedly, my mother would uh, take the task every time I'd be in the car with her to listen to the tape that I made. That's special. For what it may be worth, my mother does not listen to every single episode of Lost. <laughs> I know that, that there was a time that she listened to lots of them, but it's every week, man. I can understand it. That's hard to keep up. I mean, I, I used to say, hey, You're mom. a grown man now. Hi, mom. Hey, Alon's mom. If you're <laughs> She's not listening. It's funny. That no, this will be the one episode that she'll be like, oh, I don't listen, did huh? I, did I tell you, though? I don't know if I told you. It, you could hear the episode online. Um, uh, I forget what the code is, but if you look up Colby Smith's show, Young Persons Radio, for Young Persons Radio, I was invited to be on the show, and that's a Sundays at 10 a.m., and Colby normally has people calling in, right? And Colby was getting no one calling in. So it was Mother's Day. And I called my mother and I was like, hey, you're on the air. <laughs> Hi, Mom. <laughs> so Great. the only time she's ever been involved with me on Radio Free Brooklyn was mm-hmm. when I was a guest in someone's show. And Colby and I talked to her for like five minutes. And my mother was so pissed when I called her later. She was like, you ass. Like... <laughs> Not nice. Some people don't like it. For me, I'd be like, oh, you give me some free stage time. What? Yeah, give me on air. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we will hear more sounds from the sixth grade in Woodstock Elementary in Woodstock, New York, 1995. Lost and Rewound. Radio Free Brooklyn. show yes we are again here in the studio just enjoying all these danziger zone clips if you want to hear more past episodes that involve all the old danziger zone material as well as all of our other episodes lost and is our page where you can find all of our radio for brooklyn fair there's even more on our soundcloud before we were on radio for brooklyn if you want to go there and we're also on itunes and spotify Maybe other places? Who knows? I had someone recently, I didn't tell you. I met someone that had heard our show that didn't know us. On which uh, platform? Walking down the street. Cool. So They were like, they were like street, hey. It they was were a like, street platform. They were like, hey, you're like that guy from, from Lost and Rewound. So either on SoundCloud or Podomatic, likely? Maybe. I'm telling you, man, we're, we're out there. Cool. I figured we were. We put ourselves out there certainly every week. I lay myself onto bread like so much margarine. (laughs) (laughs) That was a perfect analogy. Okay. So, the next three clips that are going to be played involve a certain gentleman, a kid that I grew up with named Noah. And we've played Noah clips before as well on Lost and Rewound. There were a number of them that I kind of kept to the side as a sort of hope that maybe they would be played 
with Noah as a guest. That will never happen. I'm pretty sure it will never happen. For the same reasons that some of our other previous voices that we've heard, Nate and Eric for Hebrew School rides back and forth. Bob was a friend of mine and was also a friend of Ben's. You know, we were all like in a little bit of a circle. Um, But Noah wasn't in a circle at all. And he was very funny and very good on the mic, very good on the recorder, in so much as I felt the need to give him the recorder willingly, as mentioned before, when you want to say, take this recorder, and then they would steal it or something. I was giving this kid, I didn't consider really a close friend, but trusted enough to say, hey, you're funny. Take this tape recorder. Let's see what we can accomplish. I know kids like that. Same way, where you're like, we're not exactly eye to eye, but I like your stuff, guy. Exactly. So let's begin with this first clip where I pass the reins over to him. Giddy up! We're here in Miss Lincoln's classroom with Noah, Ian, and Adam. And not Noah. What are you you talking about? Where's the talk part? It's talk right here. Ah. Duh. Okay. And ladies and gentlemen, this is Noah. Shut up, Julian. Anyway, Ian Spurry, or Spurry, Elon Danziger, or Dork the Kirk. Uh, Adam Glasgow or Glack but her. We are the. F- One, two, three, four. We are the four men of the school. And this is our show, people. So listen to it. Yeah, right. In your dreams. Would you get out of here? No. Your glasses are so thick. Glasses are so thick. What? That's it. Your glasses are so thick. Oh. I'd like to sing a song to all you ladies out there. <laughs> Come to me, cause I'm special, and I got the looks, and the big bubbaloo, bottom part, private part of the body. Come to me, cause I got the looks. Hello. <laughs> don't come to me, because I don't want you. I <laughs> you're a lot older than me. But there is one special person out, two special people out there, that Ian and I like. I'll admit it, but I won't say their names. But, but, but we were on the phone with them for like 16 hours. Now his phone bill is going to be like 700 hours. He is in love with both of them. I just, you know, like him briefly. He wants them badly. I just want him a little. He needs their, you know what. It's okay for me. He's talking about his big babaloo. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Whatever that might be. We all know what his bobble is. Yeah. <laughs> so that kid, as a previous guest, Rebecca Young, had pointed out, or either her or Gina Sheedy, who were on a previous episode uh, with Josh Telson, Brooks Rocco. These are all episodes you could hear. I know I keep on being very self-referential, but these are topics that have come up before. He had an older sibling. So I think when you have an older sibling, you tend to sort of be exposed to more mature uh, language, absolutely, m- mature music, etc. So your your propensity for saying things that are above and beyond your age uh, knowledge is it's, it's pretty high. Yep, especially if because uh, I personally I didn't have any older siblings, but my best friend Zach Poots, his older sibling, his older brother Adam, he had a uh, 
teenage perverted inclination. So yeah. when we were little kids, it was like the same way. We were exposed to more. We used to ride the cheese bus. He used to let me ride the cheese bus when I was in elementary with him. We talked about that bus and did, stories. And did he have the back seat? So he had the back seat. You and had he to let, watch from he the let, No, he let me sit in the back seat with ah, him. He was one of the gatekeepers. Yes. he was in, And that was back when sixth grade was allowed in elementary. When I got to sixth grade, they had removed it. Fifth grade was the last year of elementary for me. But he was in sixth grade and I was in kindergarten and I would sit in the back seat with him, which gave me like cred for all of elementary school like how did i get into the back there in most cases i was friends with the older siblings i can't think of many friends that i kept when i was younger who had older siblings most of the times it was me the older sibling being friends with older siblings who had younger siblings because that was a way for sarah and i to pair up and you know go to a friend's house and she would hang out with the younger and i would hang out with the older yeah it was never it was almost never like I, I just I feel like that might say a lot about how I was as a kid in that I was much more comfortable being the more mature of the older person, <laughs> so to speak, yeah. versus that of being looked at a little less. So as- I, I get you. It's funny because like you say, I had a similar thing. Like I, rem- I can still remember Adam trying to give me an atomic wedgie, which for those of you at home that don't know, that's when you get the waistband of the back of your underwear over the top of your head. And he was lifting me over. He had ra- he'd raised me off the ground, so I'm in the air while he's wedging me, and he's trying to pull it over the top of my head, and then as he's doing this, he dropped me into that same wooden couch. <laughs> now, I just want to know, who was the first person to make an atomic wedgie? Because I would love to know who that kid was and find out just like what gave him or her the idea to do such a thing the creativity i mean that's it's a, a lot of it's, it's a very i mean doing a wedgie is one thing but then like an atomic wedgie well the fact thing, that that became a term must clearly mean that there is some kid out there in the history of misfits who has gone out and said yes i am the one who first did that yeah, atomic wedgie it has to be someone someone paved the way someone like fairfax virginia or something i don't and, know and, and i'm sorry to put this out there but if you ever get a successful atomic wedgie pulled on you Give me a little blood in your underwear afterwards. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't go to public school. Uh, so <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Let's I keep... have people tell me all the time I shouldn't say things like this, but the views you and know, the opinions gotta expressed be, by law school do be, not this express. Is, those. This is Brooklyn, baby. We're raw out here. It's raw. <laughs> all right. But, all but right. what I was going to say also, back to your thing about um, becoming friends with people that like the older siblings yeah. and stuff. So. Um, when I was a kid, Zach and his brother um, and their family moved down to Florida, and that was when Zach was like uh, 11 or so. And then like a year later, and I was like 13, and his brother came back from Florida, and his brother came back, and like I was one of the first people that I hung out with, and then they both came back, and when they both came back, I was hanging out a lot more with his brother. And we'd become friends at that point. And by the time I was 13, he hadn't—he wasn't bullying me anymore because I wasn't like a little jerk, I suppose. When I was 13, I didn't need to worry about older siblings because I was surrounded by big kids when I started my new private school. And granted, if it was public school just as well, it would have been just three times the amount of taller, more uh, threatening sized kids. But I was lucky enough that I had only like three, four instead of... Uh, 30. I don't know, because I would have been susceptible to a lot of that uh, bullying if I had went to a public school for junior high yeah. school. Even when I was in high school, my freshman year, 
the seniors were way bigger and way crazier than they were by the time I was a senior. Oh, yeah. And people say that, oh, well, you know, you were a freshman to senior, like, so no, perspective-wise, was... you were growing, you know, you're gonna, it's going to look different. I'm like, no, 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 My school went through this process of trying to, like, root out the tough kids by the time I was a senior. Yeah, the backpacks were actually that big. So were the kids that were trying to bully me. <laughs> Before I pressed play and I thought I was recording myself, but I wasn't recording myself. So now I have to start from the beginning. So here I go. Now, when I wasn't, wasn't recording myself, Bobby was walking down the hall and I said, hey, there's Dirt Patrol. So Bobby said, shut up, Noah. And I said, his life was boring. So now I was walking down the hall, okay? And so I went into the library and I said, there are a teacher in here, but now there's more than one teacher. So this is kind of. Now I'm going back to that. That was my second teacher. Now, um, then I went to Miss Bartell's room and I said, "There's Nate. I mean, Nathaniel, Michael Robinson, but Eric, Michael's over. Josh, Telson, Bob, KG, Jesse, Brianna, Jeremy, Kevin, Cody, Matt, Duncan, short for Duncan Donuts, um, Ellie, Vanessa, and Cody." Now we're going back to the room. Okay, people, follow me along because I am the king of rap. Now we're back to the room. And here's Gabby, Josh, Kyle, the booger man. <laughs> Jillian, Ian, Lane, Ian, Spurby, Spurry, Adam Glusco, Brooks Rocco, um, Carl O'Neill, and Ben Telson. Oh, and the man of the day, Elon Danziger. You do know what that is, Mark. Okay, now I'm going to put you people up to stop because I am getting bored. The Booger Man. The Booger Man! Booger Man! Why was he called the Booger Man? I don't know. I mean, did you ever play that video game called Booger Man? Yes. It's a pretty great game. <laughs> I'm just glad I didn't get called a booger man because I picked my nose plenty when I was younger. I, mean, I could see you being a nose picker. But, like, at least nobody caught me doing it, right? I feel like your nose is conducive to, like, a finger going into it. Like, it just looks like it's fit, like it would fit perfect. <laughs> I also, I'm, I'm also, I got, I got serious nostrils, so I can talk. I can speak on this. Uh-huh. I have a, well, you know why? Yeah. <laughs> tell, tell I remember when I was a kid, my buddy Zach. His nose is really tiny, and his nose was too small to pick. And he used to, we used to joke because I'd see him try, and like okay. he couldn't get his finger in his nose. All right, and I'd be like, "Oh, you want some of this deliciousness?" And I'd be like, Gross. pulling out boulders. I'd be pulling out some serious monstrosities, and Yo. he had to wait. He had to just keep blowing his nose constantly. What a world! What a world! <laughs> Noah, just a little bit ago, uh, managed to successfully rattle off everybody in our uh, sixth grade class, which was so perfect because. Uh, unless you went to the school at that time, it's going to make sense to nobody who listens to the show. But it's so special because this kid even, like, said, the man of the hour, Alon Danziger, like, he went and did that anyway. I can only imagine what he meant to record and did not get recorded. I think you're right, too, when you said that he had, like, an on-air charisma. Dude, it's like everybody but me. I love how I'm the one who's involved with radio, and I've got none of it, and yet, like, everybody who I've been involved with is so good. You, Brooks, Ryan, Noah, Ben, everybody has, like, in my past who has been a collaborator with me, both past and uh, present, has been so smooth on air, and I'm just like, doop-a-doop, adop-a-dop. What, you're good now? <laughs> I manage. You're, you, do, you, no, you do quite well I now. manage. I you manage. have, what's the name of this... Uh, Oh gosh, the the radio, the talk radio, everyone's always listening to. 
not not lost in remount no definitely not our show <laughs> <laughs> with ira glass and oh uh this american life no not that show but the platform they're on npr npr you have a perfect, national public radio. you have a you have a, a very much an npr voice to me oh thank you that's a, a high compliment from somebody who has a, a voice that is just ready and primed for radio as well. See, I have a coffee commercial voice. You have an NPR voice. That's oh, I see. So between <laughs> NPR, so we, let's let's do this right now. So I'll do a welcome to Lost and Rewound. When we come back from this commercial break, we'll listen to more of the lovely sounds of the tapes of the yesteryears on Radio Free Brooklyn. The smooth, savory taste of diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but you insert whatever your favorite uh, coffee flavor is. <laughs> see, but that, and see that there would be the difference between you and I because I actually made an effort to somewhat try to figure, and you were just like, "We're gonna take it to sixth grade humor." Yeah, that's a joke I did, yeah, for a lot of years. <laughs> no, it's not, ah, so it's been in your back pocket. Then. That's an that's an old joke I wrote. Um, that's a dirty back pocket. It then, is so. a dirty. It is a dirty back pocket. That's a dirty back pocket joke. Yeah, that. Yeah, I did that one. I think I did that like right when I first figured out I could speak like this. Someone was like, "Do a fake commercial," and that, and I did a, a coffee commercial, and then I was just describing diarrhea the entire time. <laughs> Well, if I was going to be Jimmy Hoffman and talking about diarrhea, it'll end up making me sound like a rather constipated Ron Swanson. This is true. I'm just going to say, man, if you ever hear this show, and I'm, I'm apologies if you do, <laughs> but if you do, I really hope that this next clip makes you happy because this is like one of those timestamps, you know when this is, and it's just, there's something really special about it. Hey, guess what, ladies and gentlemen, today is um, February 9th, um, 1995, it's exactly 12.39 and a half. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is the you guys all remember me. <laughs> oh, I didn't mean 29. I meant what I mean. Five, 19 and a half. Anyway, people, 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 people. I'm back with Jack and Rack Attack. Jack, say I'm back or I'll attack you. You don't want that. Remember that? <laughs> and I uh, can't have time. That's right. Talk to me, Noah. Talk to me. Yeah, man. That's right, uh, talk to me, talk to me. Wait, I was expecting yummy. Talk to me, Josh, talk to me. I'm gravy. Oh, gravy. That's very interesting. Scott, talk to me. He's going to talk to me. He's speechless. Gina, talk to me. Talk to me. That was that. So that was that and this and that and this. And, oh, okay. Anyway, so it wasn't really important, but it was a talk to me. All right. <laughs> it's gonna be cool. Talk to me, Ben. Talk to me. He's gonna talk to me. Cool. Yeah. 
so I can get their autographs because they're cool. Okay, Jillian. Who, was, who wanted to meet a Power Ranger? It wasn't, it wasn't you. No, her name is Jillian. Jillian wanted to meet a Power Ranger? She was the one who got uh, scoffed at for having thick glasses earlier. Yeah, I'm scoffing at being 11 years old and being like, I want to meet a Power Ranger. I, mean, I could tell even like you were like, yeah, okay. <laughs> like with the recorder. <laughs> Oh, see, who was I to judge and say that something was above and beyond uh, my own dorkiness? Well, you know, what I, I guess the reason I say that is because I'm younger than you. And when Power Rangers came out, I was like six. So for me, we were into Power Rangers when I was like just getting into elementary. We were and into Power Rangers at 11, dude. Well, that's what I'm saying. Because at 11, you're five years older than me. So it's the same year. I wonder if there are certain... I want to say like TV shows, movies, music, really just anything in pop culture that makes any difference, whether you're six or whether you're 11, there's media that's directed to the youth of which it doesn't really make much difference how old you are if you're in grade school, uh, uh, anywhere above the age of six or five and anywhere before you get to junior high, like Ninja Turtles. um, Everybody loves it. Bruno Mars. (laughs) Well, the thing that I think about I don't know, Taylor Swift. I feel like because we transitioned when I was a kid. We like when I was a kid. I still remember that. I still remember Harry the, Potter. The first thing I liked when I was little, I always liked Ninja Turtles. That was something like even now, love them. But I, even when I was very, very little, like three, like Ninja Turtles. But I used to like Barney. Grew out of it really quick. Yeah. Then I like Power Rangers, and then I grew, equally grew out of it relatively quickly because by the time I was eight years old, when I was eight, two different things dropped, and they were huge, and they took over, and this is all everyone paid attention to. When I was eight years old. Pokemon and South Park came out the same year. When did you get into magic? Middle school, sixth grade. So, so that, that was that was at uh, an eleven. Or it was ten, eleven. 10, yeah. 11, okay. And the reason we got into magic um, was because Zach's older brother Adam played magic. So and magic. He had, he had a ton of the old cards and all these bins, and we just make decks out of his cards. Magic South Park. Um, you said what was the other one? Was uh, Pokemon? Pokemon. And we'd, when we buy, and I and I bought Power a game. Rangers. I bought a Game Boy. Actually, I had an old Game Boy. My dad had an old Game Boy, the old big uh, silver one. And I used to play Mario Baseball on that. Mario Baseball on Game Boy. So good. This is all rooted in nostalgia. Yeah. All all together. However, however. I bought bought the Pokemon. When Pokemon came out when I was eight, I bought Game Boy Color so I could get Pokemon Red. That was not a however uh, qualifier. I know. I just just wanted to say. But I accept that. (laughs) What was the however? No, the however was the fact that you have inherently enough interests that in an umbrella fall in line in interest that you have when you're growing up in that time frame uh, of, of that age range. And clearly, even though you and I are years apart, it didn't really change much even so. Like, yes, you're technically just on the cusp of a generation below mine, but not really because we were all digging on the same stuff. You needed to kind of get to the point of like being a little older than we are, where they identify a lot more with like Ghostbusters, you know? Like I love Ghostbusters and that was like awesome, but it wasn't like 
the be all end all when I was a kid. But I meet people that are ten years older than me, and that's like their, you know, the thing that they were all about. And they, so they, and they were also the same way. When I meet people that are a little older than us, they love He Man. Yeah, they love GI Joe. Well, see, but I liked all that stuff. Dude, it was around, but it, I wasn't like the main deal when I was a kid. It could. I was a little after that. It could have been mine too. My buddy Sill, same age. I went to college with him, and he is one of the biggest He-Man fans I've ever met. See? But, but I mean, the same age. Same age. Well, you know yeah. what, also... So there are certain things that I could have certainly been into, mm-hmm. but just it didn't. Well, the same way, I'll meet a lot of people that are five years younger than me, and they've never watched any of the um, Nickelodeon shows that I used to watch when I was a kid. I was in all those Nickelodeon shows. Ah, Real Monsters, Rocco's Martin Life. Ah, see, but this is, this is where we divide. But you didn't watch television when you were a kid, right? I did watch a lot. You did? I watched you a lot cable of too? Are you kidding me? Yeah. But you didn't watch any of these Nickelodeon shows? I watched a ton of them. I was probably one of the only people who watched it. Rocket Power? I don't know. Did you watch that? No, 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 no. It was no. a show that took place in Hawaii with kids skateboarding. So Nick, the Nickelodeon that I grew up on is different than the Nickelodeon you grew up on. And this is where we part ways in what meant something to us. Because Doug and uh, Ren Stimpy and the Rugrats and Rocco's Modern Life to an effect were the cartoons that I was raised on. And you had all those as well. Well but but that, but that when it started. Are you afraid of the dark? That was, was in there too. Uh, was Eerie Indiana. What? It was uh you never seen Eerie Indiana? That show was awesome. It was like a kind of a horror show. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um Alex then there Mack. was Salute Your Shorts. Alex Mack. Alex Mack. Don't forget about Alex Mack. And then there was there was one more that was like Salute Your Shorts. Oh, hey dude. I used to watch all those. Those are the okay. first things I watched on Nickelodeon. Okay. And then they transitioned to the cartoons right. a little so, older. So so then maybe you and I do have a little more in common there. Because I, hey, I remember those. Hey dude. Remember that? And then the Salute Your Shorts thing where they'd be singing Camp Anawana, we hold you in our hearts. Did you know that the kid who played Butnik? Was the voice of Montana Max on Tiny Toon Adventures. Really? Which is why he probably never had to work ever again. <laughs> Not because of Salute Your Shorts, but because fucking Warner Brothers Money Man yeah. on Tiny Toon Adventures yeah. voicing the main villain. I mean, that kid never had to work ever again. That's why JTT never had to work ever again after doing The Lion King. Yeah. It's tr- well, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Well, it's weird because I, you know, going back, I used to watch Animaniacs when I was a kid. Yep. And Animaniacs had the Good Feathers, which I didn't realize was Goodfellas until I became an adult. <laughs> There's the Robert De Niro, there's the Ray Liotta, and there's a Joe Pesci bird. It's amazing. <laughs> what a great show. <laughs> and remember, they, all their, all, like, the whole show is just, it's the Joe Pesci bird like just trying to fight everybody. That's like the whole show. Yeah. And then the Robert De Niro bird is like very cool, and the Ray Liotta bird is very impressionable. And then the Marlon Brando, which... Doesn't even, you can even hear what he's saying. That's so good. I appreciated that show a lot, although a lot of that went over my head. And a lot of probably a good show to rewatch now, right? Anything that Steven Spielberg produced in a cartoon, chances are something went over our heads a little bit because it was sophisticated enough that adults could appreciate it. Um, but it was certainly uh, cartoony enough to get away with being kids' program. Well, I'll tell you that when I was in college, I found the old Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, TV show, the cartoon, in a supermarket for six dollars every episode of the show. It was insane. It was a huge box set for six bucks, like their bargain bin. I bought it and I rewatched them all. I rewatched all Ninja Turtles in college, and it was so good. It held up so well, and I didn't realize at the time. And I asked my parents about it because they'd watched it with me as a kid. The amount of double entendres in that show, the amount of that show that's written for adults, the kids just go over their head, is huge. It's staggering. It was so entertaining. 
There was so much sexual innuendo. It was nuts. So who knows? Maybe a, a kid like Noah wasn't necessarily uh, being impressed upon too much uh, from his older siblings. Maybe he just got it. He just, yeah, he just got it. He was savvy. I mean, I don't, I'm like, attack a track, attack a You don't want that. Like, hey, mean, man. Want to guess what is Babalu? Whoa! <laughs> I was like, <laughs> kid was able to rap. He could. Yes. I, I don't know what he was rapping half the time. If he made his own raps, or if it was, I I feel like it was up. It was because of him that I scoured the web trying to find what actual songs he was talking about. True um, enough. So those were some fun clips that we have uh, played this episode. I think so. Uh, and, and any overall arching themes? I think just catchphrases. <laughs> I think the theme of today was... Getting back to the essence. <laughs> yeah, I think it was getting back to our roots of the childhood silliness of, of ourselves. You know, because we've had so many guests recently, and we've been going on a lot of, I want to say, um, sort of like musical and spiritual journeys, and people like telling us about the way that they've gotten to their creative points now. So it's nice to go back to something that's just like, look at how moronic we were. <laughs> and like how silly and, and and how did we end up here and yeah so that's that's again like you say this is this is the way the show was founded so it's fun to get back you heard how we got from there to here and that is the essence of lost and rewound if you again want to contribute some of your old audio hit us up at lost and rewound at radiofreebrooklyn.org pitch us your ideas and we'd love to have you on the show that's it for this edition of lost and rewound we wish you well and are glad that you were able to accompany us on this journey thanks again everybody thank you so much for listening my name's jimmy and i'm alan this is lost and rewound radio free brooklyn Summer, make sure you listen to Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. And it was just like, bong, <laughs> bong. The New York Times says it's riveting. But you know, I understand why we can't just be able to go outside and smell flowers without feeling like we have to be all like, doozy, 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 at a spring fair. Bill Gates calls it better than Microsoft. And uh, this clip, oh, 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 I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there. You do not want to know the story behind this. And the Dalai Lama says it is the true meaning of life. <laughs> Lost and rewound every single week, Thursdays at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. Get a bass with us, yeah? That's perfect. <laughs> That's exactly what I was hoping it would be. Ah, beautiful. All right. <laughs> <laughs>